Hello, Praise Chapel Paramount. Pastor Omar Lopez here. This past weekend, we started our series on proximity. And what proximity means is closeness or nearness. And I talked about our desire is to be close and near to God. Basically, the Bible calls it walking with God or walking in stride with God. And I believe all of us, that should be our desire and our goal as believers in Christ is to walk in proximity with God, even as others in the Bible were known as walking close with God. So I pray it'll bless you as you hear it. Are you happy to be in the house of God today? You know what? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. You can be seated. God bless you, folks. We appreciate all of you being here this morning. We're going to have a wonderful time. And uh, I'm, I'm in, we're in a new series this month, March 1st. And the new series is called Proximity. Say proximity. And I was looking up the word. Proximity actually means close or near. And many times when we use the word proximity, at least me, I always say in close proximity. Well, it's actually a repeat of the same word because proximity means nearness and close. So you don't need to say close proximity. When you say proximity, you're already saying you're close or near, right? So I want to be close to God. How many want to be close to God? And that's what this series is about. It's really being close to God, getting closer to God and walking closer to God because uh, all of us, that should be our goal. That should be our heart's desire is to walk in proximity or in closeness to God. And how many of you understand today that when you walk with someone in proximity, they have the biggest influence on you? Those people that you're in proximity with, those people that you hang with, have the most proximity in your life. And so as believers, if you're going to live the fullest life for God, the greatest blessing for God in your life is you're going to have to walk in proximity with God And you're going to have to learn to put distance between you and those people that are drawing you away from God. So I'm going to take a moment here. I want to uh, read a verse of scripture here, and then I'm going to pray. And it's found in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And it says this. It says, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. In other words, God saying, I require this of you, to do what is right. Turn to your neighbor and say, do right. Do right, man. To love mercy and to walk humbly with God. Again, it says to walk humbly with God. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that your word is powerful, that your word is so true, that the word of God is relevant in 2020. And God, that it applies to every part of our life. And so, Father, I pray that the word of God would come alive in our hearts today. And Lord, I pray for every person that's sitting here, wherever they're at in their walk with God. There are people in different levels and in different places in their walk with God. There are some that are struggling. There are some that are barely making it. There are some that are making strides, others that are soaring. And we thank you for them, God. But we pray today that the word of God would speak to each and every person. And Lord, that you anoint my lips today that declare the word of God and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice In Jesus' wonderful name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Does anybody here like walking? Does anybody enjoy walking? We got some walkers here. God bless you. 
Well, you know you don't like walking if you have to close uh, or park close to the entrance of the, of the store. You don't like walking. You don't like walking if you get mad because you have to park across the street. You're not a walker. And people are fighting for these, this parking lot because they don't want to walk. And, and my wife always tells me, you know, why do you have to get the closest one? I go, it's just, just the whole challenge of the thing. I, and she goes, no, you just don't like walking. I don't mind walking, but I got to get the closest one. I come here, I should get the closest one. Nobody does that. Anyway, that's probably me. But according, according to medical studies, they say that walking is one of the most profitable forms of exercise or physical exercise. They said because walking doesn't require any special equipment, doesn't require lots of money, maybe just some suitable walking shoes. It's not very expensive like one of those uh, uh, fitness memberships some of you have. You haven't been to the gym in six months. You're still paying it. Anyway, that's another story. Sometimes our walk with God could be like our gym membership, right? Let's hope that it's not. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, They say that walking regularly reduces the risk of some common health uh, problems. It reduces the risk of heart disease, obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, and depression. You just should walk for those reasons. It said it stimulates the heart, it stimulates the lung, it strengthens the bones and the muscles, Uh, it increases blood flow throughout your body, it contributes to loss of excess excess weight, and because of the multiple values of it, Americans have been encouraged to participate in the exercise of walking more frequently. And did you know, a few facts, the average American walks about 4,000 to 6,000 steps a day. Of course, if you're an office worker, that's probably not true. And they say that uh, in, in one year, you will walk anywhere from one and a half to two million steps a year. That's already making me tired. And they say in a lifetime, you will walk approximately 115,000 miles. They say the goal, though, should be every day, you should, your goal should be 10,000 steps a day. You guys, man, you guys say, no way. Unless you walk 35 minutes, a brisk walk, you can really cut down on how much you actually have to walk if you do a brisk walk every day for about 35 minutes. So I say this, or I just made that statement to tell you this, that there is a spiritual walk. I say we have a spiritual walk that the Bible talks about. And it's an exercise of faith. As we're walking with God, we are exercising our faith in God. It doesn't take any natural ability, but it does take a level of faith and trusting the Holy Ghost. And and so God wants us as believers to trust him, to surrender and yield our lives. As we walk with God, we are trusting him with our lives. We're saying, God, we believe you. We're yielding our hearts to him. In fact, There are several places in Scripture that talks about walking with God. All the way back in the book of Genesis, the Bible said that Enoch, in Genesis 5.24, he walked with God. In fact, I'll talk about him next, uh, uh, next Sunday, but Enoch walked so close to God that God just took him. Could you imagine... You're, you're, you got such a relationship with God. God says, babe, you know what? You don't need to die. I'll just take you the way you go. Right? right now, right now. He was walking so close to God. The Bible says that Noah, in Genesis 6, 9, he was a righteous man, blameless among the people. 
and he walked in close fellowship with God. He had proximity with God. And so walking with God is not reserved for a select few, but he desires all of us to walk with him. He desires that we all walk in proximity with him. Now, what happens when you decide to take a walk with someone along, let's just say, I'll just give you kind of an imaginary thing. Maybe, maybe you're with a friend or someone very close to you and you say, hey, let's go take a walk. And there happened to be a lake right in the middle of Paramount, which there's not. But let's just say there was. Let's go take a walk along the lake there. And as you're walking, you're talking, you're conversing together heart to heart. You're sharing. You're giving one another attention, whether it's a friend, a girlfriend, a wife, someone just close to you, a relative, a brother, a sister. And you're engaged in conversation. You're walking in proximity. You're not even allowing distractions uh, to keep you away from the conversation, there may be people doing things, but you're still uh, focused on the person that you are walking with. But let's just say, like most of us do, you decided that when you walked along the lake with that person that you decided to take your cell phone like most of us do. And as you're walking, you're ch- checking your Facebook, your email, you're texting people. And if you're really rude, you start getting on the phone talking to someone else while you're walking with, with this other person. How many know that's not very beneficial? That doesn't, doesn't benefit you. It doesn't benefit the other person uh, because you are not engaged. Or you are not focused uh, on the person that you're walking with. So today I want to tell you today that uh, walking with God is not something we just do on Sunday. Walking with God is something that's supposed to be done daily. Say daily. We're daily walking with God. When you look at scripture, the Bible speaks about walking with God. And what it's referring to is the lifestyle. It's the way of life. When somebody says, I'm walking with God, they are saying that it's the way of life. It's the lifestyle that they're walking in alignment with God. In fact, there's another term that says walking in the spirit. Now, what does that mean? You're floating? No. It means that basically you're walking according to God's word. The Bible says you're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, but you're walking in the spirit. So you're in alignment with God. And so when you do that, it's very difficult when you're walking with God in alignment with God to walk with other people that are not walking with God. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 1, 1 says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. We're not walking in step with everybody else. In fact, before you came to Christ, BC, right? Before Christ, before you came to Christ, some of us were completely walking the opposite. And some of us were even ashamed to talk about some of the things we were doing. In fact, even Paul the Apostle says in Ephesians 2, 2, in which you once walked. You are following the ways of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient. So it's very uh, apparent in scripture, even Jesus said, broad is the way and wide is the way that leads to destruction. And many are walking that way, but narrow is the way and few are are those that walk the narrow road to eternal life. 
So there's, there's that narrow road that most of us are supposed to be walking in and giving glory to God. God's ways are reflected in our thoughts, in our motivation, in our action. Let me just say this. When you're walking with God, people can tell. You should be able to recognize when someone is walking with God. Opposed to those that are not. Because there are people sometimes they're walking with God, but they haven't let go of a few things. They still got their sinful habits. They have wrong relationships going on. They got things that they haven't repented of, and, and they act like nothing's wrong. God knows. God knows when you're not walking in alignment with him. The Bible says, can two walk together except they agree? So to walk with God is to learn how to walk in alignment and in obedience to God. Again, it's not difficult to identify people that walk with God. The Bible talks about when we're walking with God, we're producing the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, goodness, peace, joy, self-control versus the the flesh or the things of the flesh, which has to do with quarreling and hostility and selfishness. When we walk in proximity to God every day, the world will be able to recognize it. People will be able to recognize it. So if you're writing down some notes, write this down. Number one, when you walk with God, it's the daily walk. Say daily. It's a daily walk. And I want to share some simple keys, I believe, that will help us to walk daily with God. Because I believe that that's what God desires. That's what God's always wanted, is that we walk with him. He's not interested in just a Sunday morning relationship. He wants a daily walk, not a weekly walk, not a monthly walk, not a yearly walk. He wants a daily walk. The Bible says in all the way back in the book of Genesis that it said that God came down in the cool of the day and Adam and Eve heard the sound of God walking through the garden. Could it be that he was coming to have his daily walk with him? Could it be that they heard him and said, Here, here's God, he's coming to walk with us. We're going to have our daily walk with God because it all starts daily. It's something that we do every day. And if we're not careful, all we're interested in is the Sunday, Sunday morning experience. And we become so experience-oriented that we become relational, relationally depleted. We don't have any relationship with God, but we just want the mountain experience. We want all the highlights of everything going on. We want to soar like an eagle. Are you with me? The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. Thank God. It says, you'll run and not be weary. You'll walk in what? And you'll not faint. So all of us this morning, we want to soar. We love those seasons when we're soaring above the clouds. When we're soaring above the storm. When we're walking ahead. When we're walking and even running with the vision. When we're the head and not the tail. I mean, everything's going good, and it's awesome, and it's exciting. Uh, something about walking. If you ever are running, have you ever seen people when they run, you know, uh, it might be the, uh, the Olympics, or you ever see those uh, uh, track meetings where they're running, and people just love runners, man. They love to cheer the runners. They come, they're running with the torch. Yes! Go for the gold, 
Or, you know, I, I did have a video, but of course we know we don't have the TVs running. So I'm going to try to run a lap around here. No, I'm not. But I actually had a great video, you know, where they were doing the relay running and, and the crowd is just excited, you know. And uh, I was going to show the Americans coming from behind. It was just awesome. And, and uh, anyway, you have to look it up on YouTube. But, but, uh, but you know, everybody's on their feet. They're cheering. And you think about all the different events in running, the 100-yard dash, you know, the one-mile uh, 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 run or whatever it is, and, you know, the relay, the marathon, the, the hurdles. You like the hurdles and the jumping and all that. I mean, these, they're exciting. People are on their feet, and, and people just are cheering the runners, man. They cheer the runners. And then there's the walkers. Have you seen the competitive walking? You guys seen that? And I'm going to try to do it as best I can. They kind of do like this. You know, you ever seen them do that? I mean, like they're, they're running to the bathroom, like, you know, real quick, taking a beeline to the restroom, man. And, and, and you don't normally see kids like, Dad, I want to be a walker when I grow up. I want to I wanna be an Olympic walker. Most people are not wanting. Now, if you're a walker, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's just not flashy. It's not like something want, people want to do. And there is actually a science to it, believe it or not. I was looking up walking. I was going to show it to you again, but I think it's not working. But, but uh, I won't say that again. But anyway, they were, they're, they're walking, and they say that the more they swing their hips, the more they're able to get a, a stride or, or stretch out their leg. And when they walk, they run like in a straight form. And they're able to move faster, and by swinging their hips, that's why they do it. And the lower they move their hip, the more of a stride they get, the longer step they're able to take. And, and if they move more in a straight line, the further and faster they move. And uh, most of the time, you don't see people, the crowd, yes, you know. Uh, it's like the guy's just walking, come on, you know. And, and, but they actually, they're actually ruse to it, you know. There's got to be one foot on the ground at any given time when you're walking. You may not realize it, but if you run... There are times when you're running that both feet are in the air as you're running. And maybe we've got some runners here today. And um, anyway, I don't know where I got. Oh, yeah. So anyway, we're, we're running. We're, but, but they said, when you, I, I was watching them as they were doing competitive walking, that there are times where these walkers, they try to cheat. And it's called flight time, where they actually try to get both feet off the ground. And there are people along the, along the, the, the road, the route, that put out the red card and said, this person is disqualified. <laughs> you ought to see, they, they put it right in front of their face, like, you're out. You're out, buddy. Walking too fast. <laughs> so nobody, nobody really cheers the walkers. And I, I have found that most people that start walking, they start walking for health reasons. Especially as you get older, they really tell you, you better start walking, buddy, because one day you're going to have a doctor's appointment. And maybe nobody knows whether you're walking or not, but you know what? Your heart condition is going to tell you whether or not you've been walking, whether or not you've got, got enough exercise going in there, got enough cardio going on. And can I tell you, one day we have an appointment with God, and he's going to know whether you're walking with him or not. And it's not just in the soaring time. It's not just when everything is going good. I'm talking about walking with God more than just coming to church on Sunday, but walking with God after the Sunday morning experience. 
I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday. I'm talking about Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Not just walking with God when we're soaring here in the church, but it's about going beyond the experience and saying, God, it's the daily walk. Turn to someone and say, it's the daily walk, walking with God every day. Now, here's the second thing, if you want to write this down. The enemy hates the fact that you walk with God. We have an enemy. His name is Satan. He hates it because you're walking with God. In fact, he does everything he can to hinder your walk with God. He'll use people. He'll use things. He'll use situations. He'll use anything he can to slow you down and cause you to stop walking with God. Isn't it a wonder that when we walk with God that we always have all these different temptations, all these different things pulling us this way and that way, and there's times where we just want to quit. We don't want to walk with God. Well, that's the enemy. We feel condemned. The devil says, come on, man. You're not a Christian. Why even go to church? You're not even changed. You're the same person. Look at you. You're disgusting. Why even go? Nobody even loves you. In fact, nobody likes you. The pastor hates you. You know that. He hates you. He doesn't even look your way when he preaches. He doesn't like you. Am I right? That's how the devil works. The Bible said that he's the accuser, Revelation 12.10, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God, what? Day and night. Every day, night and day, the devil is doing everything he can to discourage you. He's constantly condemning you, saying you don't deserve the grace of God. In fact, John 10, 10 said the devil comes, he's a thief, he comes to kill or kill, steal, and destroy. So he does all of these things because the devil knows that if he can stop you walking with God, he robs your destiny, he robs your joy, he takes everything that God has for you. In fact, can I just be honest? Sometimes the devil's not even bothered that you soar sometimes. He's not bothered that sometimes on Sunday morning, Man, you're feeling great. You're running ahead of everybody else. What bothers him is the daily walk. If those that walk with God, no matter how they look, whether somebody's cheering for them or not, they're walking with God every day. They're the ones that are walking by faith. They're praying every day. They're reading the word every day. They're being faithful. Those are the people God or, or the devil hates. He hates those people. He hates those people that are daily, day in, and day out, the devil wants to stop the daily walker. Are you with me? There's a story about this guy. He wrote a book, actually. His name was Peter Jenkins. And I haven't read the book. I was reading an article about the book. And now I'm kind of inspired about reading it. Uh, he decided to walk uh, across America in 1973. And he wrote about it. Uh, he wrote a book, and it was the bestseller in 1979. It took him five years to walk across America. He walked a total of 5,000 miles. And along the way, it was the journey. He basically took odd jobs. He got to know different people. And uh, along the way he was walking, he took a 70-pound backpack. I don't know if you've ever heard of this story before. Uh, he walked through the a Appalachian Trail. He walked through New Orleans. He walked through West Texas. He walked through the Rocky Mountains. He walked through blizzards. He went through the heat of 120, uh, 120 degrees. He was attacked by animals. He was attacked by dogs. 
He was bitten by snakes, not venomous snakes, but he was bitten by snakes. He was hit by a car. His dog was run over by a truck and killed. This guy was mugged three times. He was stabbed one time. He nearly died of influenza. He was cheated. Some people thought he was a drug addict. He was run out of town or a drug dealer. And you name it, this guy went through all kinds of stuff. But they asked him this question, which I thought was really, uh, his answer to the question really got me because I began to think about he went through 120 degree weather. He went through blizzards. He, he went through all these extreme things. And they asked him this question. What was the greatest thing that made you come close to giving up and stop walking? What was the greatest thing of all the things that happened in your life? Remember, I just named all these things. All the things that happened along the journey. What was the greatest thing that happened to you that you came close to giving up and stop walking? And I couldn't believe the guy's answer. He said this, it was the sand in my shoe. What? It was the sand in my shoe. That almost caused him to quit because sand got in his shoes. And he said he was walking so many different terrains that sand and little rocks would get in his shoe. And he couldn't get any new shoes. He only had this one pair of shoes for a long time. And there was sand in them. And and he couldn't get it off. And, and I thought about it. I said, man, he got hit by a car. His dog died. Uh, he almost got sick and died. But what thing that almost made him quit was the little grains of sand that were in his shoes that bothered him along the way. They just kept grinding. Every time he walked and every time he took a step, it was that little grinding of sand that got in his nerves. And I begin to think about our walk with God. Usually it's not the big things that cause us to stop. It's those little things. It's the little grains of sand that get in your soul. It's the little grains of sand that get in your spirit and get in your mind that begin to bother you. That begin to build up in your life that cause you to want to quit. It's usually not even a bad doctor's report. I find people sometimes, they get a bad doctor's report, and and, and there's some people that get bitter, but most people say, Pastor, it's going to draw me closer to God. I've seen people where they've lost loved ones, and bad things have happened. Great betrayal has happened in their life. A a family member has died and all these things, and yet they soar and they still go for God. But it's usually what causes people to quit and stop. It's the little grains of sand that nobody knows that gets inside their spiritual shoes. And they say, man, I can't do it no more. All this stuff, all these disappointments, these little discouragements and worries and fear that grind at you day after day they begin to wear on you the little worries are you hearing me it's the little things that begin to get in you and then when people ask you how you doing you put up that phony face everything's fine bro yeah whoo yeah good bro praise the lord yes and nobody sees the little grains of sand that are in your spiritual shoes in your soul that is grinding you day after day. It's the little things that hinder you, not the big things. Anything that affects your walk with God is important. Can you say amen? 
I don't care how little it is. I don't care how small it is. Uh, but it's the daily thing. And I, I, I begin to realize, man, the power of sand. They said, man, sand, you know, a sandblaster, whatever, any, the, the power of sand can just take paint off of something. It's the little hurt. It's the, it's the little offenses. It's the little situations that begin to pile up more and more in our soul that bother us. Day after day, it's that little sand. It's the, it, it wasn't the cold, it wasn't the heat, it wasn't the blizzard, it wasn't all those things. It was the daily things that were happening to us. In fact, David said it this way in Psalm 42.10. He said, as with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproached me while they said daily unto me, where is your God? Where is your God? Daily. Hey, where's your family? They're not in church. I thought you were praying for them. They still ain't saved. You mean, how many years is it going to be? How many years are you going to pray for them? Hey, what about your marriage? I thought, thought you were believing God for your marriage. Had they gotten any better? Hey, you've been praying for a healing. You're not healed yet. What's going on? Daily, the enemy tells you, where is your God? Where is your God? Hey, man, how come you haven't got a better job? How come you still got that job right there, man? You're still making a little bit of money. Where is your God? How come your son's not serving God? Where is your God? It's the little things that keep grinding and grinding. And see, people don't see the private situation because the stand is in our shoe and it's invisible. See, most of us, we can help someone because we can see the major thing going on in their life. But it's hard to help someone when it's invisible. You don't see what's really grinding in their soul. And I'm always amazed when I see someone in church, they seem like they were striving. They seem like they were worshiping. And the next week they're gone. Like, what happened to them? And the pastor, they, they fell. What happened? It was the sand that got in them. It was the sand of temptation, the sand of hurt, the sand of worries, the sand of fear. It was the daily attack that were coming their way. It got in their soul and began to pile up. See, sand, there's something about sand. Man, I hate sand. I don't know about you. I hate the beach. I'm just be honest with you. I, I, man, I was so glad when we stopped doing baptisms at the beach. I, I, for the last number of years, I wouldn't even go. They said, Pastor, you go baptize? I go, I ain't going to the beach. I just hate the beach. I, I'll tell you what, I hate the sand. And, and there's something about the, when you go eating at the beach. That's what I hate the most. You can have a hot dog. You can have something to drink. And all it takes is just a little sand. Somebody just threw up some sand. And, and I can prepare a sandwich. Isn't that weird? A sandwich anyway. You prepare this nice sandwich, the ham, you put the turkey, you know, you got it all done. I mean, it's so good, everything. And all it takes is just a little sand, and it gets in your sandwich, and it just ruins the whole thing. And I'll, I'll be honest. There have been times I got a napkin. I, I dabbed everything. I cleaned it. I did every, I go, I got the sand out. And then you start and get that little grain. Oh, it gets me, man. Oh, you drink something, God, it's like, oh, no, man. I, I just, it just gets it, that sand, man. It just, it's just incredible how this thing is like a magnet and you just can't get rid of it. It gets in there. And, and, and I think that's how the enemy uses temptation. That's how the enemy comes at us daily. It's like that sand in your soul telling you you're not going to make it, telling you you're not good enough. I'm reminded of Nehemiah when he began to build the walls of Jerusalem. The Bible said the enemy came, and guess what his name was? Sanballat. Believe it or not, that was, 
that, that was Sam's uncle named Sambalat. Amen. Sambalat came, and the rest of our enemies found out, Nehemiah chapter 6, and it said, they found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall, and that no, gate, no gaps remained, only the gates remained uh, to be installed. And so they sent a message to him. Look at what they said. They said, meet us in the village of the plain of Ono. Oh, no, I'm not going to. Oh, no. Amen. But I realized, this is what he said, they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them. I'm engaged in a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should I stop working to come and meet you? And the Bible says four times they sent the same message. Each time I gave the same reply. And then he said this, they were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin, then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Isn't that just like the enemy? Wanting to intimidate you, wanting to draw you out of God's will. And the Bible said they send the same message. See, usually the devil's not sending a different message. It's the same message. They don't like you. Nobody does. This person hates you. Quit. Give up. You're no good. Are you hearing me? Every day he's telling you that. Every day. And he's giving you the same message every day to try to intimidate you, to try to get you to sin, to give up in your walk with God. It happened to Samson. Samson had, uh, had Delilah. The Bible said daily she was pressing him about the secret of his hair. He got like sand in his hair. You ever get sand? That's another reason I hate going to the... You get sand, you just can't get it, man. After a week or so, you still feel a little bald in there. Like, what the, I can't get rid of this sand, man. Anyway, you could tell. Don't invite me to the beach. I don't mind walking the pier, but I don't like walking on the beach. It's just no good. And so, they, again, they were, they were, she was pressing him every day. She was pressing him. Finally, he gave up the secret of his strength. He gave in to the temptation. That's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you to give up, compromise, stop walking with God. Give it up. Don't, don't even try to do it anymore. The Bible says in Psalm 73, verse 2, David said, I finally reached a place as for my feet were almost gone. In other words, this sand had got in my life and I almost quit. And here, here's the, another verse of scripture in the book of Songs of Solomon. It says this. He goes, catch the foxes for us. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine." You know why they say the little foxes spoil the vine? We know that foxes like little animals. They like them, but they also like fruit. And the Bible says it was when someone would have a vineyard and they would have a fence around it that the foxes would find a way to dig under it. And then if there was a vine that was growing across it, they would nibble at the vine and they would kill the whole thing because they wanted to get through and get the fruit. And he said, cat those foxes, man. Get rid of them. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. See, it's usually not the big things in your life, but it's the little things that are piling up in your life that cause you to fall. Can you say amen? That cause you to fall. Can I be honest with you? The reason why we fall for the big things, the reason why people fall when big things happen, is because it's the little things that were piling up. And finally, when the big thing came, you gave up. You quit. It's usually not just one big thing. It's little things that are piling up. It's the little sand that's getting in your shoes. It's the little sand that's piling up in your life. 
If you've ever walked off the beach and you want to get that sand, you go in the little showers and you and then you just walk on the sidewalk and you got sand back on. I could never understand. I go, what's the concept here? You, you washed it all off. And it's like a magnet, right? It just sticks everywhere. You really don't clear it all out. And, you get, and then you walk on the sidewalk. That it got sand. You got sand back on you. And then you ever try to get sand out of your car? I mean, I, I hate sand. I'm just telling you right now. I got, you get sand in your car. And, and then if the, if the beach is really hot and you decide to wear tennis shoes because it's so hot, you've ruined those tennis shoes, man. I've had tennis shoes, tennis shoes with sand in them, and I can hit them, I can beat them, I can throw them up in the air, I can get a vacuum, but there's the little rocks that are in there somewhere, the little bits of sand that ruin your whole walk with God. And that's what we need to be aware of. What is the sand that got in your walk with God? And so I want the uh, musicians to come up here. See, we're not supposed to walk alone. The great thing is we can walk with God. We can walk with Jesus. He's the one that carries the load. Let me read you a verse of scripture here in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying your heavy load, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put it on you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest. For the yoke I will give you is easy, and the load I will put on you is light. What Jesus is saying there in that analogy, he's using an analogy of oxen who were paired together in this yoke. It was a wooden yoke that paired two oxen together, and they would be able to pull a cart or a plow together. And obviously two of them versus one would have more strength. Two of them bearing the load both of them together could carry and pull a lot more and go further than just one individual. Called synergism. When you got synergy, you got two people working together and the sum total of two people rather than getting two separate people is a lot larger than one person working individually. And so Jesus was saying, take my yoke, I'll help carry you. I'll help bear, bear your burden together and you and me. And here's the great thing when Ever they yoked two oxen together, there was always a more experienced ox or senior ox who knew how to do it, and they would always pair him up with a, a, a younger oxen so he could learn from the experienced oxen. The, the experienced ox had more, bore more of the load because he was experienced and he understood how to carry the load, and the younger oxen would learn that they were walking together. That's why Jesus said, learn of me. And they're walking together, and really it's that experienced oxen that was carrying most of the load. And he was making the load lighter, but he was teaching the younger one how to walk and carry the load. And so God is saying we can walk with him. We are yoked together with Jesus. He's carrying most of the load. He's trying to show you how to walk. He's trying to show you that the load is not going to break you. It's not going to cause harm on you. It's not going to break you because he's there carrying it for you. He's going to help you along the way. Jesus today said, don't grow weary. Come to me. He said, come to me, all those that are weary, those that are walking alone, those that got sand in their soul, those that got sand in their shoes. I'll help carry this load for you. I'm with you. You don't have to walk alone. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.